Hey, and welcome to Concentric Circles. My name is Jim Tremontana. I'm here hanging out with my pals, Vinny Fiorello, Obi Fernandez, and John O'Diener. What's up, fellas? Yo. Okay, pasta. I love that shirt, dude. This one? It's a, it's a Chris Sherry special. The Dead Milkman, Bitchin', oh, actually, it's a Bitchin' Camaro, uh, the Big Lizard in My Backyard, and The Shore, all in one t-shirt. So it's a bunch of Dead Milkman references. You know, we, we, should, we should give it up for Chris Sherry right now. Like, awesome artist. Like, good dude, awesome artist. I'm in. Yeah, and uh, future guest on Concentric Circles, hopefully, right? I think, nudge, I don't know. I Maybe. We can, you know. How you guys feeling? Feeling pretty good, you guys. You know, I, I think I'll add something to your, like, how are we feeling? Uh, Florida officially has gone over 10,000 new cases of COVID right now. Uh, uh, the governor the governor is saying that he's still not going to uh, mandate a mask being worn, right? So now that just traps me in my house. Like, let, you know, and be honest, I only go out a certain amount anyway, right? <laughs> but, uh, now I'm fully trapped right now. I love that the, the excuse is, oh, well, just don't go out and let the rest of us have fun. And I'm like, no, the rest of you are making people die. And then it takes longer for the whole world to get back to normal. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah, our, our governor's just been like toting about like, oh, we're doing so great. We're doing so good, like, you know? And it's just like, we pulled back like inside dining. Dude, it, it's on its head, man. It's, yeah. And it's just like any day now, the countdown to the, the apocalypse is, is, it's on. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, that's a Freudian slip there, the acopolis. Uh, it's been crazy, too. So in Michigan, they have um, the whole bar situation thing. So last night, technically, um, they're like, if you have a certain percentage of food sales, you can stay open. Mm -hmm. Other than that, you're all closed. Uh, and our friend Charlie that owns Flint City Hard Cider, uh, he took five years to finally open up, was open two days, had to shut down to do carryout stuff, closed down completely, reopened, and it's been about, what, a week and a half? Yeah. Maybe two uh, weeks tops. And then uh, he heard that news, but then they said that distilleries can stay open, but not bars. So now it's like, there are all of these like weird, like, if you're looking at the, the rule book, it's so confusing. So it's, it's all gonna just go to shit anyway. Roll up in there like with your old timey can and say like, fill her up, you know, like <laughs> to do in the like pre, pre, um, what is it? The the the, the pre prohibition. The pre prohibition days. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Words are hard, ladies and gentlemen. I'm enjoying some non prohibition This is all vodka in here. You know That would be awesome. I'm gonna give myself a, a plug real quick though. It's sure my short stories book came out last week, so congratulations to myself. Yeah, congratulations, man. Yep. I, you know, I, I, it's the plug. I, I can't help it, but it is. Yeah. And, I, I ordered my copy. I'm just I saying. Know. Just saying. You should have it on Saturday. Or I no, I hope Monday now. Because are, is my book going to come with donuts? Oh. oh sick. I wish. <laughs> I, I, I <laughs> ate all the donuts officially. So. <laughs> we could double plug it because I did the audio book for you, at least the English language version of it. So. <laughs> Side note, I did, a Spanish, I did a Spanish version of the audio book. Wow. Right. And uh, I, out of just some kind of like crazy occurrence, this guy who is a voiceover strictly for Spanish uh, music, uh, uh, 
podcast and some other like crazy stuff advertising. Mm-hmm. And he was just like, I'm a fan of this and this. And I was like, oh my God, you do this. Would you be willing to do this for me? You know, the, the 619 uh, Spanish version. He was like, absolutely, man. And his voice is like butter. Can't understand a word of it, but it sounds so good. Dude, it's, it's, the, it's so low and so just like smoothed out. It's amazing. Like you could, dude could slide into like, <laughs> Uh, a mariachi band announcement like so take it away like whatever that is or just like uh univision sabado gigante like, <laughs> <laughs> i had i had a spanish like tm like that was like had super like like low voice and no matter what you said to him like his answer was always but I'll see, 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 see. And like, he would like repeat it like three times. Like you could be like, hey, like we can't go into the gig yet because like people are being like murdered in there. It's cool. Like they're not ready for us. See, 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 but I'll see. Like it was amazing. I love that low. Like you're going to murder them with your <laughs> low, low Spaniard voice, you know? Um, he, and he had such a good vibe, dude. I love that guy. I always worry about like, uh, what, what, what are the tattoos like the Japanese symbols or whatever? Starts in the yeah, I like. I always hear the horror stories about how like those are all like totally the wrong symbols, and it's like I have, like roast beef sandwich, and then you're like, yeah, it means like love and eternity, or like <laughs> cool, dude. <laughs> so uh, the old bass player of the Toasters, uh, I won't say his name because it'll embarrass him, but he wanted to get kanji that said uh, the other white meat, right? <laughs> and he wound up. Instead of getting the other white meat, the guy actually did the pork symbol for him. So it doesn't say that at all. So when there's people that understand it are like, why do you have pork on your arm tattooed? It makes no sense, right? And he's like, well, it was supposed to say the other white meat, but it it didn't. It just says uh, pork. So he's like, this gets to the point. (laughs) Check it out. Pork. Pork. I always wanted to get flames tattooed on me, but just like Times New Roman, like the word flames. <laughs> That's awesome. Dude. So there's uh, two, two of my good friends are tattoo artists. So, and uh, plug, I, I co-own one. So uh, tattoo shop. So there it is. But uh, he told me some like stories and they're the most like insane and awesome. And then the most sad at the same time, like you have people who come in, they want dedication tattoos and they tell the story and it goes for three hours, like tells the story, you know, I I remember. So there's a lot of heavy stuff, but when we first opened, uh, we would get like once a week, a email that says, I want an octopus tattooed on my cock. Will you do it? (laughs) <laughs> and, and, and he was like is this serious he was like well i guess we could like if you come in about <laughs> it and then he's like i wanted to wrap around uh my leg and then onto my cock like, and like thing and he would it was weeks of the guy kept on like kind of like trolling my partner and just hey i want this octopus thing and i was like dude I'm telling you right now, there's somebody is laughing. Like somebody is like laughing at your response. Someone's like, we're going to, we're going to email Wonderland again. <laughs> it's like cock joke. Let's, we got to do it. Right. So, like, and then I was like, dude, we, we should not do that anymore. Right. And then he was like, well, let's not talk about it anymore. If you really want it, you're like, 
come in and we'll talk about your, your octopus story. And that's when I got introduced after like we stopped, I go, would you really like, kind of like, you know, octopus? And he was like, dude, there, there's a, such a thing that's called a uh, cock tax uh, for tattooists that if someone comes in, it's like, you have to like, you know, tattoo my penis. Okay. Uh, it's going to be an extra hundred dollars because of the location. There's an actual tax on it. It's not the same thing as like, here's this arm, it's $400. But if you wanted that in this kind of risky area, <laughs> area right? So yeah. uh, here's the tax on it. So that was my like first introduction of like, <laughs> here's this, like, you know, it's a cock tax, like, for tattoos. It's, that's it, right? So, new band, ladies and gentlemen, cock tax. I, I feel so enriched right now. Like, like, the, like, my culture, like, that's amazing. I'm so glad I know that now. <laughs> I, I feel good about it, to be honest with you. <laughs> and you're like, and that's why we turned our tattoo shop to only do that. Yeah, exactly. Extra money, baby. <laughs> it's, it's just free now. It's just come in. No tax. <laughs> you need you need your niche. You need everybody needs their niche. That's how you do it these days. <laughs> Truth on that. Well, all right, ladies and gentlemen and fellas over there. I'm going to head on out so we can bring our guest in. Um, so if you guys are ready, uh, let's uh, please welcome Devin Watson. He's a graphic designer who's designed well over a thousand book covers, as well as many other beautiful illustrations and graphic works of art. Devin, welcome to the inner circle, and I'll see you guys on the other side. Yeah, Devin. Oh. Welcome, my man. Cock tattoos. Yeah. <laughs> how how do you tattoo the cock? You, know, you, you have to hold it. You know, like, <laughs> it expands. Oh. It's like you know when your arm flexes. You know what? <laughs> I, I'm just saying that. I was thinking about the logistics. It happens, and I'm sure there's different techniques. So I don't want to go like you have to hold it like a hot dog bun. And then <laughs> X amount of pressure onto it and, and kind of make it happen that way. I'm not going to say that's the perfect technique, but I'm going to say there are probably many techniques of how to do that. What's the comfort level have to be at in order for that to happen? There's no comfort level on either part, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, the guy holding it and the guy getting tattooed, there's no comfort part. Like, it, you're, you're at that peak, like, pain and the peak uncomfort of it all, right? Like, so... Devin, what did you get yourself into today, man? <laughs> but hey, thanks, thanks for being here, dude. We're so excited. We're we're huge fans. Thank and then, uh, hey, Vinny, what what are we talking about today, dude? What do we got? Uh, we talked about a few things that we could talk to Devin about, and I think we landed on something that he knows a lot about, right? And it's about taking risks. And you know, everyone has it. I'm gonna like throw the spotlight onto me first, real quick, and then we'll kind of go around table on it. But taking risks could be anything when you're creative, right? It could be, you know, if you're in a band, that first moment that you're doing a show or you're going out of town for a show or you're going on your first tour. And that's a, a cool vibe, but that's that like, kind of that moment uh, that you're on the edge. You don't know what is before you at all. It's complete like mystery and then you're gonna jump into it, you know? And then it could be even to the point of like, if your profession was X and now you're going into Y. So uh, we were just talking about it and I know that I'll get more plugs on it, but you know, I had been in a band for two decades, but then I decided that I wanted to do toys. Then I wanted to do writing after that. So continually challenging myself, but you have to take that risk and go sort of on it and then beyond. And then 
we brought Devin on because Devin, I didn't know this either, man. And then while I was reading, like the information was that he designed thousands of book covers, which blew my mind, right? I was like, thousands of doing thousands of any one thing is insane. Like you could probably talk to someone and go, but you're probably insane by now, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you did that and then you struck it on your own. And you said, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to go work for myself. I'm going to freelance. And there was that moment of you didn't know what was before you, but you pushed on anyway. And that's what we're going to talk about right now. Yeah. Boom. All right. Thank you, guys. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I think with risks, there's there's all these different parts that are involved with it, right? There's a certain like sense of maturity. There's like how do you deal with like your fear level? I know for me, whenever I'm about to do something and start something brand new, like I'm scared. Like it's not, and I'm old now, right? Like I'm like kind of old man style. So like when I was in my 20s, I wasn't scared of that. I was like, whatever, this is gonna be sick. But like now, as I get older and I start to like navigate like you know entrepreneurship and and you know the arts and 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 my creative endeavors, like there's always like this like bit of like hesitation that like steps with it. But then you know. I look at dudes like Devin, and I'm going to talk like about you like you're not here for a quick second. <laughs> and I see how talented they are, and I'm just like, guys like that could never ever be scared. They're never, they're just that good. They're never ever scared of anything. So like, hey, yeah, how did you know? Vinny mentioned it, Devin. Step, step us into your world, and then jumping out of book world into, you know, your your headspace because the stuff you do is rad, man. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's funny, Vinny said I do thousands of book covers, but actually I do like to switch it up a lot, and switching up medias really excites me, actually. Um, I never like to stagnate myself, and even doing book covers, you know, every book is different. You know, the subject is always different. Um, I started out in an academic publisher that also published novels, so it was like one day sci-fi book, one day history book, one day, you know, mystery book, one day you know, whatever. And you always had to kind of like be researching what style of design is going to fit this book. So I got great training in, in switching up styles all the time, you know, and that was really fun. And I, I, I feel like I keep doing that more and more in my artistic life. You know, I never try to stick with one style or any one subject for too long, you know, no matter what I'm doing or, or what project I'm working on. Um, because I, it's not that I don't like to repeat myself, you know, it's just that I like to, I don't know, I like to almost make myself uncomfortable or like make myself scared. <laughs> Even though I'm very comfortable uh, working in, in, I do have my own style, but you know, sometimes I'm like, what, what, what am I gonna do now? Who am I gonna be, you know, for this project? <laughs> I just don't feel like my style fits for every project I work on. And I, I wanna be available to do as many things as I can. Um, have you ever had situations where you're like yep i'll do it like someone hits you up and then the second the correspondence is done you're like shit i didn't think this through i need to learn <laughs> how to do the thing i just agreed to oh hell yeah yeah of course every project <laughs> Even book covers man you know someone will give me a new uh subject and i'm like i don't know anything about that and i'm like you know then it's like the journey begins and it's gotta go quick <laughs> That's a good point. Do you find, I'll throw it to everybody, like, do you find yourselves, because we all get put in that situation where you get hit up, can you do this? Will you make it happen? 
everybody wants everything done yesterday, right? So everything's not like the fastest turnarounds ever. How do you guys give yourselves like permission to enter that space? You know, like when you're like, I, I don't know what I'm getting myself into, I just have to deliver. Um, what permissions do you find yourselves given yourselves? You know, I'll take that real quick and I'll go first. You know, when I was younger, right, you talked about, you know, when you're younger, you feel invincible, right? So when I was younger, someone said, we need a, a record or we need this by this date. And we hadn't even started, you know, it's like for less than Jake. And like, there was a point where we need this record on this date, it delivered. And, oh, shit, like, what do you got to do? And without you know, a blink of an eye, you go, we could do this, no problem. And you start to push yourself into it, right? And there was no fear at all, right? When I got older and to, up to now, and you go, what, what do you do to like sort of allow yourself to be put in that position? I think, you know, earlier on, it was dictated by money, right? I need to pay rent. I need to pay my car. I need food. Uh, what, do you know how to do X? Hell yeah, I know how to do X and I'll do it awesome and when do you need it by five days from now awesome <laughs> go for it because you need it but you know as i got older and that need for uh you know someone going i need it now now and i i don't allow myself to do that in business anymore i only allow it in friendship when a friend goes i'm stuck i need some help and can you do it now and okay Cool. Like I'll, I'll, I'll rise to the occasion and I'll like abuse myself with coffee and stress, <laughs> get that weird, like feeling going on. Like I'm going to have a heart attack or poop my pants. Right. Like that, like kind of like right thing. Uh, and I'll go, I'll go do it for them because it's that friendship thing. I, I don't allow it when someone goes the deadline or something that I'm not comfortable with. It's not that I don't like challenges and I love it that you challenge yourself, Devin, right. That you go, yeah, I, this style, I don't know it, but I'll, I'll do research and I'll figure it out, right? But the basicness of your talent, right, in art allows you to kind of a dive in, right, to all of that. But for me, I just like, I don't allow that in business anymore. I just allow it in friendship, family, sometimes, but friendship most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> That's good stuff. What about you, Jana? Um, I think for me, uh, a lot of it is literally battling anxiety because for the longest time I'm, I was amazing at talking myself out of everything. Uh, and then I don't know what happened, but one day I, I did a thing where I started putting one foot in the door and I was too far in already. So I had to finish it. Um, so like Benny, pretty much what you said where people would be like, Hey, do you need this? And I go, okay, I could do it. You know? And you immediately just take every single thing, even if you're in over your head, even if the deadline's unrealistic, but you start building confidence in yourself the more you do that. And as long as you're not, because if you start failing at every one of those things, you're just a bad person. <laughs> but like, if you could take stuff on and you could deliver, you know, you're like building your resume. You're, uh, even for me, it's, it's all like personal victories, right? Like, uh, like I want to do a comic. I've never done a comic before. Here we go. Oh, it's happening now. Cause I called five people. I could have just not done that and then kept reading comics. I want to start a band and sing and play bass. I should get a bass. I got a bass. And you know what I mean? So there, there's people that don't take that first step. And I feel like it's almost like a gym membership in a way, right? Where like you pay the money and then you almost have that guilt of like, well, I'm already paying. I might as well. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, if, and you bring it up though, it's that first step. And to go back what Obi asked, like Devin, at a, at a certain point you were working for, you know, the, the publisher and you're doing covers and what made you do that first step to go and, and become freelance? Cause I know there's artists that'll watch this, that'll go, I would love to freelance, but I, I don't know how to take that step into that world to actually pay my rent and uh, be able to eat and be happy, right, during it. So I'm, I'm totally interested in that because that's a big move. Guaranteed paycheck, maybe insurance, I don't know, but maybe insurance and <laughs> everything that goes along with that, you're casting it aside and then you're moving forward on your own. Yeah. Yeah, no, I was in publishing for a long time and then I was also in the design agency world for a long time and, and the whole time I was – doing my daytime job, you know, I was also doing nighttime job, you know, and half of that was fun stuff. And half of that was projects that I was getting on the side, but I feel like I was just always working and, and it probably took me 15 years of being in the design world before I was like, I just don't feel like I can go in an office anymore and be satisfied with what I'm doing. I'm so much happier with my night work, you know, and, and it was a big leap. You know, well, did you did you have a, a partner at that time that you were living with, and like no, so that was, was, a, that was a shared decision, or was it just yours decision? Oh no, my fiance was a humongous uh, support at that time. You know, she could see that I was getting progressively more and more unhappy in the agency world, and she was like, "You're becoming an asshole. How about you <laughs> try this thing that you love?" and yeah, I, I stepped out on my own uh, about a year and a half ago, and and it was only because I had those clients that um, that I had been working with for ten years and fifteen years, and I had those uh, those chops of working in the design professional design world in the daytime that I was able to, you know, uh, have this uh, ability to step out on my own, you know, and not get lost. It took a while. Yeah, I mean, the, the one thing you go that you have the first step, right? And you have connections already, like you said, from your night job. And well, I'm not even going to call it a job. You're, I, I would assume that a band would go, we need a poster and someone else would go, we need uh, whatever a zine. I don't I don't know. I'm just guessing, right? Because uh, a lot of designers focus around the sort of uh, the music world right uh being in bands but being if they're not in bands then they're friends with people that are in bands or friends with someone who owns a club or a gallery or something like that right so you have that first step and you have some contacts and things like that but now kind of push it forward now social media right and you know not only not only instagram which i found you on right just by scrolling from a friend of a friend you were in the feed and there it is, you know, and I, I looked, right? But as someone who takes that first step, how important is sort of projecting what you want people to see to get more jobs, to get that, like, what you're looking for, in essence, is, is you know, a more design work and more frequent design work that you want to work on. But you need something, you know? And I think that, you know, off camera, we had talked about that you don't, you know, uh, boost your ad, you know, don't boost your posts, right? So they, they, they pop up more frequently. It's just your work, right? And people find it and then like it and, and kind of go like I did. But how important is social media 
to someone who's freelancing currently right now in the design? I, I think it's the most important thing. You know, that's where I primarily put out my art. That's where people see my art. You know, I have websites, I have portfolio sites, um, and maybe people see them, but for the most part, I'm putting out all of my stuff through Instagram, you know? And, um, at first it was really liberating, you know, when Instagram came out like 15 years ago, um, it was awesome. You could just, I was like, wow, look how many people are seeing my stuff, like 15, amazing. (laughs) And, and, you know, I don't have a humongous following, but it, 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 you know, it still feels good when 15 people see something and, um, um, and, and sometimes it can be the opposite. Sometimes it can be, uh, you know, here's this never satisfied beast that I have to keep fulfilling every day. You know, a lot of artists feel this pressure that they always have to be producing just for gram, you know, and, and that can be true too. Cause we're putting out a lot of stuff and for the most part, a lot of it is free, you know, and um, to get seen, you just have to be constantly producing. So it can go both ways, but I've gotten a lot of cool jobs through Instagram. Yeah. You brought up an interesting point. Cause I know like, cause there's, you know, depending on like how and when you grew up, right. And like coming up for me, coming up in a band, like before, like pre social media, before it like kind of like really took off, you got that, you know, you said it's cool. It feels good. People see your stuff. You get that like sort of acknowledgement and validation, you know, being in a band, it's like, okay, you're touring, you're watching your numbers grow like night to night. You're like, Oh man, last time we played Chicago, there were two people here. Now there's four, this is epic. You know what I mean? And so, but now I feel like just, get to get that like recognition and validation and just like, Oh, like it feels good. Like I feel like it's turned into something else. And so it's like for a lot of people out there, it's just like, Oh, I only have only four people check this out. Like, or there's some people out there that are like, Oh, only a hundred people check this out. Or like, I only have a thousand, like it's sort of warped, you know, and done something weird to, I feel like creative philosophy, um, you know, in general, What, what do you guys think about that? So, like, I feel like um, we are a very, like, likes-based mindset now for everything. Um, And, you know, I remember that stuff happening with, like, MySpace, where, like, bands were getting signed because they were buying fake plays. And then it seemed impressive, so then labels were signing them. And it, like, created this just, like, snowball effect of shit, right? So, like, as far as, uh, like, designers and that kind of stuff goes, like, it it could be dangerous if you're making amazing stuff and maybe enough people just aren't naturally seeing it because of the algorithm and all that, whatever. But like, I feel like that could deter people from continuing their path, you know? So like Devin, for example, like uh, we always talk about how you have these really rad, vibrant colors and like this cool, like it's, it's just very stylized. The stuff you do, like we see it and we go, Oh yeah, that's Devin. Uh, like how, what was like, the sliding scale from, or I guess it's a two part thing, sliding scale of when you were like, I feel comfortable enough to leave job A and go to job B full time. And then the next thing is stylistically, what was that jump? Like when were you like, yo, I wanna go in this world a little bit more cause I've been doing this stuff for a while. Uh, for my illustration, I always, I always kind of have like an underlying uh, style of bright colors and lots of textures. Um, so almost anything I draw, you know, there's going to be, uh, those elements in it, 
but they might kind of switch up the the overlying style of them. But uh, I just always gravitated towards super bright colors, which is weird because I only wear black clothing. <laughs> <laughs> like I grew up loving big posters and comic books and you know old comic books that looked all messed up and nasty and gig like posters that were old or like you know old trucks or something you know so anything that looks beat up and gross i'm like mm, yes <laughs> that's funny too man because when so you know we're all sort of we've all been working on a project together and so i got introduced to you via Vinny. And so when we started kind of talking about okay like how's this thing going to evolve and like the aesthetic of it and um, he like sent me your Instagram handle and I started looking at it. I immediately was just like, yes. Like, I didn't know what you were to send us. I didn't know like what anything would look like. I, I had like no expectation of any specific thing other than like, this is going to, this is it. Like, this is going to work. And <laughs> I think, I think that's pretty phenomenal. Like, because you do have that style and you do have those colors. Like instantly for me, I know when Vinny was like, check this out. I was like, yeah, absolutely. It's on. Yeah. It's going to be great. Yeah, and I won't say the what the project is that Vinny and I are working on, but um, when Vinny sent me that, hey, do you want to work on this? You know that what I did uh, was the first time I've ever done that. You know, but you know there was no question in my mind that I wasn't going to do it. You know? <laughs> I was like, I'll figure out how to do this in ten minutes, and then we'll roll. You know, <laughs> like, wait a second, you were lying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's all about, you know, who's coming to you, like you said, Vinny, and, and what they're asking for and, and, and you know, whether that's going to make you happy or not at the end of the day, because that's, that's what it's all about. It's all about, not about money, per se, yeah. even though it is, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it, it's, always, it's always a factor that has to run behind a creative's brain, right? Like, you have to pay for XYZ. I mean, that's life, right? And you do. But. You know, I when we decided that we were going to do taking risk, the the thing that I kept on jotting down, you know, there there's a statement of the bigger the risk, the bigger the reward. Like, is that true, man? Like, because I I don't see it that way. I see it in this increment. Like, here's day one, it's a success. Day two, success. And I mean, Obi, when we talk about projects that we have going together, and and a lot of them are parallel, and I go, dude, we just have to move the needle forward. That's the mantra, just this little success, this little thing that moves this bigger part forward. But there's people that swear by, I'm gonna take this huge risk and I'm going to have a windfall of success, whether that's money, whether that's name recognition. Is that is that true? Like, I don't know, man, because from my world, it's not true. Yeah, I would, I would definitely say it's not true either. And I think a lot of times, uh, designers and artists interpret that as the bigger the client, you know, the greater the success, which I've never found to be true. You know, I would much rather be working for some dude making skateboard wheels in his basement than like Nike or something like that, you know, because the satisfaction is never going to be as, as great as that dude working in his basement, you know? True. I, I used to think, oh, yeah, like the bigger the risk, the bigger the reward. I don't anymore. But I think that like that concept is its own journey. Right. Because like we're all in it still. Right. If you're Project X or whatever's going on, we're like in this project. We have no idea where this project's going to go, where it's going to land or like, 
you know, that person who sees it five years from now and they're just like, oh man, like I'm, this is going to become, you know, a movie starring so-and-so and so-and-so. Like you just have no idea. Like you have no idea what's going to happen. I, I just look at it more of like a journey right now. And so like, it's hard to answer that when you're in it, but we as creatives should be probably smart enough to put guardrails and a timeline in place <laughs> and, and like, you know, manage our expectations and then probably find value in other places versus the success, the success. Of... <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. And like for me too, I feel like over time we've all been in that thing where we're like, this is my masterpiece. I could die after this is done. And then you're like, bam, let's go. And then it's like, and you're yeah. like that's <laughs> it. Like really? And then you realize like you like for your own sanity, you have to like remove yourself from that investment, you know? Uh, because I have, dude, I have so many friends that over invest in these things. They're like, no, you don't get it. I'm working really hard. It means it'll be successful. I'm like what it being really good means successful or it and not even that it, you know it's like you you have to make sure that people would want it enough believe in your thing enough make sure it's good enough there's all of these variables yeah. so i feel like you know the, the risk reward <laughs> thing like i could stand on the side of a volcano but it doesn't mean that i'll get enough instagram likes for it <laughs> I, I, exactly i had like i had like three days of that in los angeles right and I, i'm not going to name names but let's just yeah. it, was, it was a writing session with someone that I, I looked up to. And so it's a, it was a musical hero. And you're just like, oh, this is it. I'm, I'm writing songs with, you know, Justin Bieber, just kidding. But like, <laughs> um, and so we jump into the session and like everything's like kind of going. Then all of a sudden, like, you know, some ladies came by and all of a sudden, like the session was just over. And it was like, hey man, yeah, like, I'm just not feeling it right now. Like, blah, blah, blah. I'll give you a call tomorrow, you know? And it's like, Okay, cool. Yeah, like let's get back to writing songs tomorrow. You know, phone call doesn't come. Phone call doesn't come the day after that. So like you learn really quick. Like, oh, I've got to manage my expectations on this uh, pretty hard because you can set yourself up for like massive, massive heart attacks <laughs> and heartache. You know what I mean? Massive heart attacks. A little heartache. <laughs> so. You know, I, here's the thing, though. It's like you, you put this sort of metaphor you have, like creatives have to, you know, set the guardrail up and like a timer. Like, dude, me at 25 would have told you you're fucking wrong. Like, <laughs> let's drive down the mountain. Fuck the guardrails. Like, let's get on the, <laughs> on the edge and let's get crazy. Like, because I came from that world where it was like I'm just constantly pushing forward and it may not be pretty, but it's always forward momentum. And – that was it, man. Like, it didn't have to be perfect. It didn't have to be in time or in tune. It didn't have to be the best looking thing that I ever did, but I was doing it. And I was dude, driving like a lunatic down a mountain, no guardrail, like the trailer's on fire. Who gives a fuck, right? Like, sometimes <laughs> you have to throw all that, like, sort of pre-planning and, like, care, and you just have to throw it away, and you have to jump into it, man. And, like, that's the risk, man, that I'm talking about. It's like you get afraid, and that's cool, but there's a moment of freedom that you have that you're just casting everything aside, and you're just going, you know? And that's yeah. it, man. You're going, and it might not be the best, but it's progress to you, you know, and, and going that's down. Awesome. 
Yeah, and that's good stuff. And it's true. It starts, you know, and again, to go back to like that, that idea of the journey, like it really, I think for probably all of us, it started when we were young, you know, Devin, it probably started when you were staring at those gig posters. You know, for me, it started like the first time I was like, oh man, this is what it feels like to play music live or whatever the case was, you know, like I remember how excited I was to go on our first tour and I was making $5 a day. You know what I mean? If I were to call people tomorrow and be like, hey, you want to go on tour for five bucks a day? Like <laughs> I would get, get spat in the face, you know, like, but like, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, it's like, it's, it started that, you know, it's funny that risk, you know, started that, that flame was burning a long, long time ago. And I think sometimes we don't acknowledge that that flame is still there. You know, the older we get, we, we sort of like think that flame is gone, but the reality it's not, man. Like we, we're still passionate about like driving down that mountain, like with the trailer on fire, you know what I mean? Like, and, and I look at like all of us, like all the things that we have going on and many of us have like, like you said, we have projects in parallel. You know, I feel like I'm the busiest I've ever been creatively you know, at age 39, busier than I was. I mean, granted, touring leaves you busy. So you're playing 200 shows a year or whatever the case it is. But like, that's a different kind of busy. Like now, like my headspace, my heart space, like everything has to be like uh, in line with all these things going on. What, what, do you, what are you going to say, Vinny? You know what? I, I want to dive into something else that has been like grinding at me, to be honest with you. Uh, Devin, in particular, question is pointed right at you. Like, what's the influence that you have? Like we talked about like taking risks and you were doing this and the style you were researching, but like, what are the artists that you look at? You know, uh, it doesn't even have to be graphic artist or designer. It could be music. What drove you and drives you for the style that you're doing? Because we didn't talk about the style, but I'm a fan of your work uh, from uh, like Obi, like immediately when I saw it, the landscapes and the colors, like that had me, man. Like, yes, this is it. Like, this is my dude, right? Like I got to look and I got to see the stuff. Like it's been like grinding at me. Like what's, what's the influence that you're bringing in and you're putting it through your filter and, and it's coming out like that. Yeah. Like, I mean, like I said, growing up reading a lot of old comic books or, um, you know, crazy album art, you know, all that stuff. Um, weird movies just somehow gets all chewed up inside. And then, you know, I'm a big fan of like looking for uh, the weird, the weird, you know, that's what I like. I like outsiders. I like uh, people who do things kind of like despite themselves almost, you know, um, they're not a tragic case because they're producing these things that are amazing and, and people kind of focus on their story, but it's like, well, look what they're making, you know, that's amazing. I was never a fan of like the weird guy who who kills his neighbor, you know, the serial killer. They're like, oh, look at his mentality. I'm like, I'm not interested in that. You know, I like the weird guy who lives next to you who makes like twisted things out of glass. You know, <laughs> yeah. do you have uh, like an era that inspired you at all? Because like I feel like color wise, like you kind of have like the '80s like neonish thing. Yeah, uh, yeah, like, uh, dude, there, there are little pieces of everything, little fringe pieces of every era that are that are cool, you know, so many. I'm, I, I particularly like screen printing, like just that process, you know, with the super vibrant bright colors and a really limited color palette, like maybe only picking three or four colors. Um, and then how can you work within those palettes, you know? I love that. Uh, one, one question and then we're going to, we're going to do something really fun. Uh, what are like, well, your cat is going crazy. Like, <laughs> you just took a risk. 
Um, what's like your go-to? Like, I know, like, I've, you know, we all have like our go-to records. We have our go-to references, our go-to books, our go-to stories, like just that. What are your, what are your go-tos like, you know, in any kind of like media, whether it be music or, or art, what do you find yourself going back to, you know, to remind yourself of, of, of who you are and what, what you've become? Dude, all kinds of stuff, punk rock, um, all the artwork, you know, the old 80s stuff and um, crazy 70s movies, 80s movies. Um, I don't know, like everything. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I go on this uh, Reddit thread called Obscure Media, and mm-hmm. sometimes it's just like weird old public access commercials, you know, <laughs> some guy standing there for like 20 minutes and I'm like, this is the best thing that anyone has ever done. <laughs> I love that. I don't know. It's just, it's just all gets compiled yeah, and, and spit back out in some way. So no. oh, can I introduce the segment? Cause yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, um, we're trying to do a fun thing that's specific to each guest we have. And, uh, Obi and I were talking and we want to put you to work. Um, even though you're a guest on the podcast. Uh, so <laughs> we're looking up just awful books, book covers and book titles. And, uh, what we came up with was having you sketch out what you think the book cover should be, give you a, one minute time limit and we're going to do three of them oh that sounds crazy because i literally have a book cover prepared <laughs> Weird. i have i have the cake right here <laughs> it's right, already so, done. so i i'm going to get my timer ready and i have the first title if you're ready um gentlemen we can talk about what we think he'll be illustrating Maybe Devin, you could. We'll we'll interview you while you're doing it too. So yeah, <laughs> it's like hot ones, but just hot gossip instead. Um, all right, so making sure I okay. So speaking of hot ones, the first title is "Recipe for Temptation," oh, and it starts in five, oh. four, three, <laughs> two, one. I, th- I think it's like a bowl, like a faux, right? Mm. And then it's just like, you know, this couple at the top of like a noodle mountain. That's, that would be, <laughs> that, that would be my recipe for. <laughs> That's very telling, actually. Like, <laughs> yourself, right? like, uh, yeah, it's, it's, more, it's more about the bowl of food than, yeah. than anything else. <laughs> I think it's, to me, it's you in a bathtub and a trail of donuts leading to it. Listen. I'm like, that's a snack right there. This is, this is only episode two, so we can't like let on to the general public about our romance, Jono. <laughs> I'm known for each other, because they're both there. <laughs> All right, you have... Uh, All right, we good? I got it. Uh, you have oh, 15 totally. seconds. Ready? Okay. Oh. This is a chef's hat <laughs> with a, uh, a little fanny. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the word temptation was long, so I felt like it would just wrap around the cover. <laughs> John Mulaney birthday bet. <laughs> right, I love that it's go. got the, the number four in it. That is beautiful. I guess I could do a stopwatch. That would I've done romance novels before like that, where they're like, abs, we want abs on the cover. <laughs> so how does that work when it's like, it's not a photo? You're like literally illustrating like just sexy people and stuff? No, usually those are photo. I mean, there are 
painters, artists out there that work exclusively on romance novels, but do yeah. insanely elaborate paintings for them. Um, we're, we're we're we want something man. more sexy, like well, sexy well, this up somehow. Sexy this up, dude. We're in sync, Devin. Because look, that's like the thing that holds like you know your spoons when you're cooking. I actually sent my wife a picture today, and I was like, "Oh, look! It looks like a butt." <laughs> it was it was meant meant to be. Uh, All right, oh, because yeah, yeah. speaking of sexy, <laughs> <laughs> the firefighters woman two. <laughs> so you've got to beat number one man <laughs> we, we all know number one number two like the firefighters woman two and it starts in three two one um so the where i got these titles there's an article from complex.com and it was just like the worst book covers of all time and it's all just like romance like hyper specific things huh. and that and like sci-fi have the weirdest shit like the most bonkers history that most of us will never see but oh man i love it you know what it's when we were uh, kind of doing a prep for this episode and we we're talking to to uh jim about it where he was like oh yeah there's like dinosaur erotica <laughs> and then, you know like this like dude like as soon as i saw something weird like that i would have been like dude i am america's number one dinosaur erotica <laughs> right now it's like i'm going for it like but it's the same thing it's like there's something like everyone has like oh i need a fireman in this like story if there's a fireman in this like story i'm i'm there like this is this is gonna really charge my batteries on it you know also like, Devin, stop all right i'm ready all right all these are going to feature hats. <laughs> firefighter hat. And her head is on fire. And I wrote flame because, Jono, you said you wanted the flame tattoo. Two <laughs> <laughs> words on this cover, though. But the thing is, it's implied, and that's what I like. Yeah. Well, it's a sequel, so they know the first one. Yeah. They're yeah. going to recognize the cover. There you go. The cover for the first. I love it. All right. And then we have one final one for you. This is this is my favorite one by far. <laughs> Ready? I, wait, hang on. I love that John is like slightly uncomfortable to read these. Yeah, before, every I, time I, before he goes to read it, he's just like, "Oh man!" <laughs> like a little slight like second grade giggle. <laughs> I, I want to make sure I could do it, you know, do it justice. But I'm scripting right now. Hold on. <laughs> Short story. I had a I had a friend whose mom was just obsessed with romance novels, and she must have had. 40 huge plastic containers of them. Wow. We used to go through them in his basement and just laugh. Like the titles were just insane. Like oh. the virile Viking. <laughs> <laughs> just like hot centaur. <laughs> yeah. But it was so, also that she kept them. Like she just had them amassing. <laughs> and then you know, A, they're worth nothing. B, <laughs> you're never gonna read them again. That's just like a thing. I, dude, I bet you she did. Yeah, I bet that. I bet there's a specific. Oh, I'm feeling the Viking story today. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I bet you she did. Through. I got the V. I got the V uh, basket over here. Let me thumb through it and let me get it. It's like a record store, but just like shitty. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Devin, you ready for number three? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is my favorite. Usually, the Bull Riders Christmas Baby. <laughs> and the Bull Riders Christmas Baby. Oh yeah. Goodness. Whoa. What do you think? Forget about the cover. What do you think that book is about? Like, 
Where does it? Where does that story go? So let me let me describe the whole story based on what I think it is, <laughs> uh, like I do with most stories because I can't read, uh, <laughs> let alone these titles. Uh, so I think it is a bull rider, and he is like visiting, and there's some. I almost said a blizzard, but it's probably in Spain, so that doesn't work. Uh, something tragic happens, and he's locked in this cabin with a beautiful woman. And it's Christmas time and they're romantic and they're nostalgic and they have lovers that they can't see. Well, they make love. Mm. And he's a boy. I think he's from Montana and I think she's married to someone else. And she went to the rodeo and they locked eyes. That's what I think happened. And they found their way to each other. I don't want to read either book, man. This is going to be the best one yet. I know it. All right, Devin. All right, I got it. All right, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh, Baby Jesus. <laughs> that, that's what it was about the whole time. It was the Christmas baby is Jesus. Yeah. 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 the plot. cover. <laughs> Oh man, so good. I'm so glad we did that. Those would all be hard to design, by the way. <laughs> I mean, we have the designs now. We actually work for a publisher. This whole podcast is a front. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're, we're going to be fine this quarter, guys. We're going to be fine. Oh man. But yeah, man, thank you for being here. Um, thank you. Your, your beard is fantastic. Your thank art you. is fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, we're it's cool. It's very it's a lot of fun because we're actually we're actually fans of what you do. So it's always great to kind of get a little bit of insight into your headspace and then just you know just chill. I can't wait till uh, we can actually you know go places and maybe we can uh, eat some tacos in person or something. Hell yeah! You know That'd you know good. what I can't wait for? I can't wait for everyone to see what Devin, the project that we're working on together. Oh, yeah. That's the thing that we forget about, right? We're, we're talking about it, but there's this other thing that's happening. And I can't wait for people to see your artwork, man, like, and that then the project that we're, we're doing together. But before that, if people have the inclination, where can they find all of your artwork right now? Yeah, I'm on Instagram at Eyeball Fortress. It's all one word. E-Y-E-B-A-L-L, Fortress, F-O-R-T-R-E-S-S. And side note, I, you might not plug it, or maybe you would if, if asked, but I saw that you have some new prints that you just got. Yeah, I'm always putting up stuff on the site. I have a website, too, that I put up uh, prints and T-shirts and stuff on all the time. Thank you. Are they for sale yet, the new ones? New ones yeah, there, there are prints up there for sale, for sure. Is, is the Flash one kind of up for sale, the, the Flash-looking one? There's the one that I hit you up about with the banner that's also super sick. Yeah, there's a there's a flash a cat flash one up for sale too. Yep. Dude, thank you, man, for coming out. And, Dude, and thank you so stuff. much. I, I can't tell you how awesome it, it feels to hear you guys saying you like my art. <laughs> it's, <laughs> insane. it's like an indescribable feeling. <laughs> and thanks again for paying us to say we like your art too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really in the hole, but. <laughs> uh, also, can I ask one question? Yeah. This will be our closing question with you. Did you purposely put Stimpy there on the couch? <laughs> Dude, he, you know, he's always lived there. <laughs> <laughs> the cutest is when uh, my cats will kind of like wrap around him and snuggle. 
So it's like a real Ren and Stimpy situation. Oh my God. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, cool, man. Well, thanks so much for being with us. And uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll do this again because we're going to have to. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Awesome. Thanks, dude. Thank you. Booyah. Booyah. I can do a serious thing. What Devin, you know, as he was talking and Obi and Jono, when you guys were talking, I kept on thinking to myself, man, fear is so powerful, man. Like, keeps you from pursuing those things that will make you happy. You know they're going to make you happy. But that fear, man, like, to stay back, to be in the shadow, just to, like, chill back and let it be okay. Like, and that's such a powerful thing. And as I get older, and if there's any takeaways from this or future episodes, man, you have to control that fear. You have to quell it. You have to get around it somehow because that's the only way that a creative or even anybody, but we're talking about creatives, how a creative, they're going to be happy is being able to get ahead of that curve, man, and push forward, leave that behind. But other than that, man, like, let's do some plugs before we wrap it up. Okay. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, only plug I've got for us. I'm really excited. Uh, what is today's date? Today is July, uh, Second. July second. Uh, this time next week, a a full brand new Westbound train record will be done, mixed and mastered, man. So I'm really excited. I'm excited about that one. Yeah, we made we made that record on Dad time. You know what I mean? <laughs> <Dad time. laughs> so, so, wait. So which day is it dropping? Uh, it's actually going to, so next week is, uh, you know, so today's Thursday. It'll drop on Friday. All right. So this will be. Uh, I'm just, I'm just kidding. It's not dropping until, <laughs> it's not dropping until like October or something. Oh, uh, okay. Oh, way to tease. <laughs> now I'm just saying it's done. Oh, okay. Well, good. It's oh, done. Hey, it's done. What's dropping into your inboxes via Google Drive probably. That means Vinny will get to hear it. Yeah. It's done. <laughs> I, I've heard some already. That's great. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'll, I'll do my plug. Uh, I just released a book, uh, 619. It's 30 short stories uh, in the middle of writing a, uh, another novel. Uh, I got paranoid and talk about fear. Like I got paranoid about like, would people like this? Are people going to like this? I'm a hundred pages in and got, I got frozen on it. And, the way that I got out of it was every day, uh, starting last June, uh, starting June 1st to June 30th, I wrote one short story every day to train myself to sort of come back out of that being uh, frozen to write and, and, and come back to that creative moment. And not only that, it's just to have it out so someone else can absorb what I'm talking about and how I write and it was a big move for me, but it's out. Uh, it's available on every place that you can have uh, ebooks, and you can check it out there. Uh, uh, Jim actually did the audiobook for me, and that'll be out in about a week from now. Uh, if you want a soft cover version with a printed screen printed poster, it's available at Paper and Plastics Web Store. And thanks for the support. Thanks for the eyes and the comments on it after you read it. It's beautiful, man. I love you guys for that. Yeah, it's it's a good book. I I can attest to that. Not just because he, you know, made me read it out loud for everybody, but 
There's some really personal stories in there that are that are you know you know what when a personal story is good is when it resonates universally and I think you captured a lot of that and that's in that book Vin so I say yeah. thumbs up with that. Yeah. Awesome, thank you, man. Since I'm already running my mouth, I'll plug my new book, Ace Tucker Space Trucker Two: The <laughs> Ace. It is out in uh, paperback, trade paperback, ebook, um, everywhere fine books are sold. I'm actually running a promotion right now where you get the first book free as long and two novellas free on the website, acetuckerspacetrucker.com. It's just totally free for your ears and your eyeballs. So check it out. Um, I'll finish with my wonderful plugs. Um, I have a book called The Bull Rider's Christmas Baby. <laughs> I've been working on it for a long time. Uh, and, you know, it, it's a religious text, I'll say. It. Uh, essentially, baby Jesus riding a bull. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, no, on a serious note, uh, I just had a comic anthology, my first Kickstarter, get funded. Um, and it's called Maybe Someday. It's a, a big old anthology full of comic stories almost like a, a positive episode of black mirror um and i did one about cats and depression which could that's what it's going to say on my tombstone uh, <laughs> and they ended up raising like thirty-two thousand bucks for the thing so it's oh, pretty okay. rad yeah and then uh if you're looking for any of my other work it's just johnodiener.com and i'm John Odiner on all the social medias well all right and where can they find concentric circles at well, you can find Concentric Circles at concentriccircles.cc for all your Concentric Circles needs. And I guess that'll wrap it up for this evening. Uh, talk to you guys later. Have Thanks, guys.